I want to say something about mudita this evening, the ability to experience uh, enjoyment. Enjoyment of the good in oneself that happens to oneself and happens to others. You see the goodness, uh, the uh, sincerities, the honesties, the kindnesses, the uh, just the beauty uh, happening in people, and the loveliness of the opening and the uh, you can see the beauty of it, feel the beauty of it. And Chaitana. Uh, Chaitana, it's a, again, the English words don't really, not really great. It's often translated as intention or volitional quality, and it's sort of something that rises up from the chitta. Uh, and uh, so these. And this is a, uh, an ongoing factor of our experience, skillful, unskillful, mm. um, kindness, ill will, um, you know, everything, everything that rises up is, is a jetana, rises up in the mind, something that is kind of pushed and rising up. And uh, the good muddled, confused, and, and uh, lovely and beautiful. And these rise up. This chant we've been practicing, it mentions this, the word chetasa. It means associated with this chetana. A chetana associated with the quality of, of goodwill and nourishing. Uh, the nourishing. And sometimes when, you, when one meditates on these things, you know, it's really good to get the quality of that. You know, rather than how much one should do, or whether one is really a particularly nice person, or who deserves it. Um, you know, these are the these are the abstractors measurements. Um, these are called measureless. You don't measure it. You just enjoy it. You don't have to understand it. You just enjoy it. Enjoy the quality of, of goodwill as it arises. And uh, Buddha says, you know, just go into this. Allow it. Make much of it. Get let it thoroughly develop. This is a vehicle for liberation. And it's considered to be one of the eleven doors to the deathless. So these four chitanas are called doors to the deathless. And, uh, you know, so that means good, essentially, in Buddhist language. (laughs) It's good to have a door to the deathless, because we've all got doors to death. (laughs) And we go the other way. Um, so they, they are um, to something to where there's a stream um, of, of goodwill and you can rely upon it whenever it occurs 
And so compassion is the uh, protector, that which wishes to brush away pain or, uh, or stop pain occurring, shield from pain. And we all have this tendency towards something. Yeah. And these are beautiful qualities. Whether you know you're looking after a donkey or a human or baby, sometimes donkeys are easier because there's less personality issues <laughs> involved with it. Because <laughs> you see, with the human beings, the difficulty is the sense of well, you know, a feeling of independence, and I don't want to bother you, and after all, that kind of thing goes on. So sometimes human beings are a bit tough around the edges. <laughs> You know, and that goes for me too. You know, I've taken quite a long while to be able to accept goodwill without feeling awkward about it. Somehow, I should be doing something to deserve it or pay it back, or feeling a bit confused as to what it's about. And Mudita, you know, what are these boundaries that that make it difficult for us to to allow, you know, what we sense as another person's goodwill to to enter us or without feeling embarrassed? Admittedly, being being British, you're mostly embarrassed most of the time (laughs) by something (laughs) or other. The land of abstractors. Uh, direct experience is always very shielded, you know. Um, mudita, the uh, the experience of uh, rejoicing, gladdened, being heartened, uh, lifting up because you see the goodness of another. You see them happy. You see them well. You see them strong. You see them. Uh, enjoying themselves, you see them doing skillful deeds, you feel, oh, it's nice, it's great, good for you, you know, you get that quality. And uh, uh, this is what the word anamodana refers to, and you may have heard me say that at the, at the, at the chant, that chant, at uh, the meal time, the chant is called an anamodana, which means I feel, you know, I rejoice in the goodness that you showed me by offering this food. And it really is, I, I, I do mean that. I, I do feel touched and gladdened by it. It's something one never takes for granted. Pekka, the ability to, this, this volitional quality that trusts, says, you know, well, it's unfolding in its own way, um, just give it some space. Don't, don't, no pressure, no hurry. Uh, just it's like a sense of emotional presence or aware presence and you're, you're interested, you're sensitive and you feel, you know, you, we, we can come through this. And it's, it's very different from indifference. Indifference means, well, you're on your own, mate, good luck, or I, mean, I don't really mind, whatever, that kind of thing. 
but it's a, it's a cutting off of a, of awareness of another. Yeah, saying, "Well, don't matter." Shrug. That's that's the cut off, isn't it? It's indifference. Equanimity means, yeah, I'm, I'm attentive. I'm concerned. I'm with that, but I'm also allowing you to to find your way. It's all right if you make a mistake. Um, just keep yes, you know, you have my support. This is a very wide uh, emotional or um, chaitanya volitional quality because it allows people to to move at their own rate, their own speed. You don't have to be happy for my sake. You know? And that's great because sometimes, particularly in, in meditation practice, a lot of time in monasteries you're just not happy. And it doesn't help if somebody's trying to cheer you up. No, no, just, you know, just back off and want to be miserable, right? Just, <laughs> uh, just let it sort of steam through and give you some space. But uh, it's not a matter of, of shrugging and cutting off either. So whenever these this qualities, chitana can generally arise to others and perhaps even more significantly and some and probably more difficult or rare to, to myself, to others as to myself. But this, this is the constant refrain in this chant. And you notice that in fact the words that use are exactly the same, abundant, exalted, free from you know, aversion to others and free from in, inferring others are averse to me. Hostility and free from that. So, just, so it's very fully expanded and saturated experience. Mudita, mm. the ability to enjoy. And, you know, this is, these are considered very, very significant, very important. They're doors to deathless. How do you, how do, you do them well? What's called, uh, sometimes it just happens because you do see another in some difficulty, in some pain, and you, you want to help. You know? Or you do feel a sense of gratitude and, and you, you want to give something, you know, metta. Or, you know, or you notice someone is, is, is uh, benefiting and you feel gladness. So, but a lot of the time, it's, you know, you're not necessarily getting those signs, and particularly in oneself. Um, because the tendency for the mind is to see the difficult piece that I haven't resolved yet. This is, this is like if you've got a thorn in your finger, you don't notice the other nine digits are okay. You notice the one that's stuck. So this is where of course, our attention tends to focus on where we are still stuck, or hurt, or struggling, or not feeling so good. It goes there, and, and then attention magnifies everything. What you give attention to, that expands one's awareness. It also gets energy into it. So it, it's a it's a difficult, delicate thing um, handling dukkha, um, because. If you, you know, if you focus on it, just purely focus on it, it tends to fill the screen, and you can easily feel overwhelmed. 
uh, if you focus on the mistakes you made, then you you just you see a whole lot of them, and you get a, a lifetime narrative of all the ones you feel you, you've made mistakes. And you don't see, you don't notice the ones you haven't. So, this is why, you know, the Four Noble Truths are really quite quite refined to have them as truths rather than as obsessions. So suffering is a is a truth, not an obsession. Not, oh, I'm suffering so much. Oh, God, no, what a mess. I'm in a terrible state. But there is this. There is this aspect, the unsatisfied. And one has the capacity to explore. Oh, is, where is that coming from? You know? So we're not just fixated with the ability to explore. Now, this isn't a noble truth until you can explore what is the origin of that? So it's never considered the case that we, we get rid of suffering. We don't. We're able to hold it in such a way that we can explore what, what is the source of this? Where does it well up from in terms of the body, the mind, the heart? Yeah. So this this requirement. And so these Brahma Vihara are particularly helpful in order to, you know, bring some good energy, another way of bringing good energy in, into the body-mind, just like samadhi. That's why they are, you know, they are, have the same strength as as these other samadhi practices, because they, they bring enough gladness and refreshment and ease into, into our body-mind to be able to not just get fixated on suffering, so I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just kind of aggressive, arrogant, conceited, obstructive. But basically, my heart's in the right place. You know, it's just a few little specks here and there <laughs> that I can work on, rather than. So this this is the requirement for an anicca and nata. So three characteristics: dukkha, anicca, dukkha, nata. They can only be held in the correct way if there is the samadhi you know, I'm not saying deep, you know, rock-like imperturbable granite samadhi but enough of that pleasant abiding to be able to stand in that, to abide in that while one begins to say, oh there's this piece, it's there mm-hmm. yeah. And in these embodiment practices, very often what occurs is you begin to acknowledge certain uh, mental states, worry, restlessness, doubt, have a body co-relative. You know, we do feel a bit tense or gripped, and sometimes this does localise into even to areas of the body. So often the soft tissues tend to take that in the throat, across the chest, in the belly. These are the places which tend to get a bit cramped, locked up, because that's the stress goes there and again, with this you don't want to focus on these places because your attention attention, you must remember attention is an amplifier attention is an amplifier attention is not neutral it's not just a neutral, bland focus attention has a certain it's it's another sankara which means it's a pattern builder and what one gives attention to, this becomes a dominant theme of one's mind. And the 
Buddha used those words, and it can become a kind of an obsession. So, but at the same time, well, what do you do? You have attention. What do you do with it? He's going to go read a book, or yeah. But is that dealing with the, the things you need to deal with? No, you need to have attention as exercise, so it's able to be expansive, and you infuse it with the qualities of these 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 Brahma Viharas, these measureless abidings. So that then, so essentially, if we have a difficult place in the body, you you focus on the entire bodily form, the soles of the feet up to the head or a large area and just hold that with a sense of kindness, trust, no pressure, you don't have to understand, you don't have to fix, you don't have to change, you just be with this in a spacious, generous, kindly, open way, yeah. trusting way. And see and just allow things do change and you know but it's to enter the mode of attention and awareness that allows change to manifest because although this quality of impermanence is said to be a characteristic uh, a natural characteristic as you know I've suggested it takes a while to, to, to get there strange enough, because what hap- tends to happen is things, maybe important, but they just keep recycling. It's like the needle is stuck in the record. It's ka-dum, 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 ka-dum. You know, so it goes back and back and back, rewinds and fires again. So it doesn't complete, it doesn't finish itself, it just reiterates. So yeah, it's kind of impermanent in a way, it's just repetitive, same old track. And you sometimes this manifests as repetitive. Here we go again. Narratives, you know, uh, they're generally you know tribunals about who was wrong, or <laughs> and how dare they all they did wrong. So we go and put them in the dock again, and there we go another round of that one. Or you know oneself in the dock, the accused. You know, please, whatever. I'll take the rap, just let me out. <laughs> so there's <laughs> this lock and you oh wow, how long how how long live a lifetime in a in a in a law court, you know? Is there anywhere else I can go? <laughs> just just give me a kick or whatever, let me get it over with. Instead of going back to the same old thing again and again. <laughs> so What's needed? It's not more analysis of, of why you're wrong and how what and how come you're wrong and this is this needed an energetic shift is needed. A shift of energy is needed, not not thinking your way out of it. You can't think your way out of it. You otherwise you'd be out of it by now. You can't think your way out of it, because thinking doesn't take you out of it. It just it just <laughs> remembers it, it goes on and on and on. So you don't want an attention that's based on thought, so it just be tucker is quite light, just there. And then the main thing is vichara, how is this? And I don't know how it is. And then you know and then this chetana of goodwill. Really, really important to to uh, 
to remember that. And it's like, you know, there's, there's some near misses trying to have goodwill, trying to be pleasant, trying to be kind. Um, you know, so I, you know, sometimes I was talking to somebody a while back, you know, and she'd been beaten up by her mother many times, verbally and physically, and uh, and she was saying, I'm just funny, funny, kind of difficult to to have metta for my mother. I can't, you know, and people keep saying you should forgive your mother, you mustn't be ungrateful to your mother. And uh, so I just can't, I can't, I'm trying to drink, how do I get this forgiving my mother, but I can't quite do it yet. And so feeling really upset and guilty because she couldn't do it. <laughs> so, you know, what, do you, what would you say, huh? What would you say? Give it some consideration. Say, well, you know, uh, that that forgiving thing that that happens maybe sometime later. (laughs) The first thing is to be able to be open to the amount of pain and hurt you've experienced, and maybe that takes some time because it's very overwhelming. So let's just come into the body with a sense of warmth, acceptance, openness to the body, sort of like, please, you know, it's up to you, tell to, to the body, feel what you're feeling. So we might say the fundamental quality of goodwill before we, you know, put the flowers and, on it is, um, how's things, how are you, how are you? How are you? It means I'm interested in you directly. How are you? That that is goodwill, isn't it? It's not. It's saying, please, I welcome whatever you are. Please, I feel feel free to open up to be there. That's already goodwill. And. So often, like with most, as I would suggest, most meditations, people generally try too hard to, to get it right. And the trying quality of attention itself has a certain clenching, tightening um, attention to it. And this doesn't allow the natural quality of goodwill and peacefulness to, to arise because... The trying mind holds too tight, the attention is too tight, it doesn't have to loosen and allow goodness to come through. In a way we kind of even, ah, goodness, what goodness. Everybody has kindness. It's a natural, these are natural gifts. Now the other thing to, to I'd like to mention, and perhaps I'll give some more things on mudita and on approaching this 
topic is to say that the Pali itself doesn't say doesn't actually say I abide it just says abiding spreading so it literally says loving kindness conjoined chetana volition um, what's this other word one direction spreading abiding <laughs> that's the word for word the abiding so the abiding or to abide or there is an abiding in this chitana which is conjoined with kindness and goodwill and as I was um, kind of touching into earlier today about the quality of wisdom the right view the wisdom faculty the investigation of states faculty da 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 this quality in one who yeah. so we could say yeah it's happening there's a certain it's happening to me but I'm not doing it I don't have it I don't own it I don't do it it happens and maybe this is just though the language again isn't is perhaps a little bit unclear but what it's suggesting is you know if the me bit just steps back a little bit and trusts these qualities arise and in fact stepping back the me bit stepping back is a major practice in itself because most of our lives we've been the doer and the maker and the agent and this is just somewhat softer just just to just to cultivate that surrendering, that opening to allowing these qualities to occur. And perhaps why uh, mindfulness of breathing fails or works. It works if we recognize it's involuntary and happens and we don't have to be good at it. And it fails if it's something that I'm trying to do as a Dhamma practice so that I can enter samadhi and realize awakening. because there's a whole kind of tightening up of got to get to this stage, that stage, this stage, these points and then then eventually you know goes there so in a way it, it it's this essential viveka stepping back to allow these qualities to arise in whatever however softly or quietly they 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 manifest just as I've been hoping hoping I've been trying to encourage you to just feel yourself breathing because you it, the body does it and just to not have to be good at it just to bear with to acknowledge one is breathing how that feels so just be the one who is allowing themselves to be breathed through. Mm. And if you if that can occur, then one is already, in my opinion, 
done a quite a profound um, shift. Where the realization of impermanence and this is the beginning of anatta, not self. <coughs> so how do we, you know, how do we tune in? I talk about tuning and or aligning. There is a kind of an, uh, a personal responsibility to, but you, it's like you tune in, you you line. It happens, doesn't it? Mm. And what are the occasions, the circumstances, the causes, the conditions that support that arising. So yeah, there is a there is a practice that I do, but mostly it's just trying to assess the favourable conditions for this to occur rather than me doing it. Well, with the Brahma Vihara, it's, it's again, it's quite crucial because there can be this feeling, well, loving kindness, yeah, I should do that, definitely. Compassionate, that's really important, I should be compassionate. Enjoyment, well, gladness, well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> equanimity, how do I do that? It means chill out, be indifferent. Um, So we often overdo just pumping up some good thoughts about other people. But then when it comes down to to trying to do it yourself, it just sounds silly, doesn't it? I don't know. Just to me, I'm trying to think nice things about myself. I'll give you a break. (laughs) But if I actually consciously recollect and feel grateful Oh, there is this quality of inclination towards the well-being of another. That's really nice. I, I like that. That happening. I enjoy that happening. It's 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 pleasant. Uh, um, so I didn't, you know. Then what are the occasions that allow that to happen? When I see or begin to acknowledge people as as you, mutuality, it doesn't take long before that, that starts happening. <coughs> it doesn't mean I've got to can do anything, you know, but it just means that that inclination arises. Inclination to help, nourish, support, take away the pain or the obstacles, and to feeling I'm, I'm getting if you like, my 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 chitta is experiencing some good energy when that when that can occur. It, it, it feels enriched by qualities such as metta, karuna, mudita, upenka. Mm. And so, then you know, as a recollection. Why, in a way, the treasure of the precepts? Because whatever one has got through in a day that was sort of not bad, wasn't so good, couldn't do that, 
But I think I have been blessed with the spirit of harmlessness. Yes, I didn't consciously, deliberately harm or destroy another living creature. And reflecting on the quality of harmlessness and no creature need fear me. And when you, you look around, you see how many animals just recoil, move away from you. And just to me, it just so, I feel it lovely to feel, you know, of course that's up to them, but no creature need fear me. I find it's just such a, such a, such a treasure. And it's true. And anyone who keeps precepts, precepts seriously, then that's true for you. For all of us. Sometimes we accidentally do, but and what's considered the, the blight, the disease of ill will. Our beings get afflicted with that, overwhelmed with it, made ugly by it. And you think, oh, oh dear. Oh, I'm so grateful that hasn't happened to me. That disease hasn't happened. So one rebuked this the precept of harmlessness, physical harmlessness. And, you know, one can manage that. It's taking things that isn't, aren't given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could, just to recognise that. You, you know, you can put what you like that down in front of me, I'm not going to pick it up. You can walk out of the room, whatever, it's, it's not mine. And the beauty of that, I don't regard this as a, some kind of personal prowess. <laughs> you understand? Do you, do you focus on that? Do you notice that? Wouldn't you do the same? Uh, and what does that make possible? The freedom, the openness, the spaciousness, the lack of nervousness, lack of tension that can occur just because of that precept. Isn't it marvellous that that happened to you? That that quality came through, was allowed to come through? That someone even trusted you with that? Isn't that beautiful? So we can recollect these these precepts and the, the essential not just what they're not doing, but what they are making, giving us an occasion for. Giving us an occasion for, to bring that to mind. And there may be specific uh, things, you know, specific events. One has helped somebody. And I notice that every day myself, that somebody always helps me every day in some small way. They probably hardly notice it. You know, it gives you some tea or offers or says, do you need a hand or what do you need or how are you? I notice it. So, you know, we can so easily abide in the sphere of the bombing and the violence and the painfulness and the mistrust and the bad mouthing and the, the, the one can hear reported 
and I'm not saying it's not true but isn't it part of our practice to find the goodness and strengthening that to get the strength up to be able to handle the rest of this stuff to nourish ourselves so actually all these qualities really combine mudita the ability to um, be gladdened by um, any of the others by any quality of goodwill to be gladdened by and to notice it in others and to notice it in oneself to, to be gladdened by that let it happen and again with this uh, recognition of the the wavering the oh, I can't do that the crack it's really you know try to find where that is what is it that stops you from doing it what is it stopping it and that, that quality itself is something we have to you know um, include Partly because we, I'm sure we have all experienced some time or another the hostility of others, the blame, the blame of others when we, our intentions were, were not wrong, we were good intentioned and we experienced blame, accusation, rejection, so on. So we all, we all experience that. So there's, in that there's a contraction, a defence. Uh, and there's where the 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 it becomes difficult then to feel that goodwill can come to me because once one has experienced that the tendency is well I've got to do this for myself and get because nobody else, others aren't going to and this is part of the struggle of being in this uh, in this compounded world but there is a way out and uh, you know, it is through generating these qualities in oneself, to oneself, to others, as to myself. This is these are the Brahma Viharas, the measureless abidings. And if you cultivate these, deepen these, they begin to gently brush out the afflicted self. That pattern, the limited the one who has to do more, the one who has to work hard, or the one who isn't quite right, the outsider, the one who doesn't, you know, all that starts to brush these out. Doesn't matter. Of course, this is generally why people have dogs, isn't it? Because dog doesn't care whether you're good enough. <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes you just even visualize that kind of experience to be seen with that that same quality and just let yourself take it in. And it helps to just correct the balance of the chitta which is often trying much too hard to do things. <laughs>